I want to talk to you a little bit about Rectech. If you are looking to uh, to have a great, great barbecue or griller or, a, uh, you know, a smoker all in one, this thing can even bake. It is so good. It has smart grill technology, so it keeps a constant temperature. You can start it when you're away from the house. You can, uh, you know, start it from your living room. Just it's an app and you can control it. And it watches the temperature here in here in Texas. It's important because it could be 70 and in within an hour, it's like 35 degrees. Rectech is the way to go. And don't take my word for it. I want you to go look for the best grill out there. You know, Home Depot or wherever you look for your grills. You go and look for the best one they have. Then I want you to A-B compare that with a Rectech. They've cut out the middleman and all the money that they would have been splitting with Home Depot, they've put into it. So it blows the competition away. No competition. It's R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. Rectech with a Q dot com. Do it now. Final hour of the uh, radio broadcast coming up. America, it's Thursday. Coming up this hour, it's all about immigration. Or is it? It's about illegal immigration and what our government is doing. We've got a couple of people I want to introduce you to. Uh, later in the hour, I'm going to introduce you to the guy who found the money. He was in the uh, office. He was a former director of the Office of Management and Budget, the OMB, under Donald Trump. He's the guy who, with uh, help from somebody else in the office, found the money to be able to fund the border wall construction something that biden has stopped we're going to talk about biden's uh border policy but first we want to stop in dallas something is going on in dallas and we can't seem to get really a straight answer uh and it's something that doesn't make sense how does a convention center And we all know what a convention is. You know, you go to a NRA convention, you go to a car show, you buy a ticket, you go in, and then you leave when they're closing the doors. It's not a hotel. It's not some place where you can just house three or 4,000 teenagers for up to three months. But the Dallas Convention Center apparently just made that lease with FEMA. FEMA did not go through the governor, didn't go through the mayor's office. They um, apparently had authority to do all that on their own, and they didn't think twice about doing it, apparently. Well, we're going to see if we can get some more answers. Uh, We have the Dallas County Commissioner for District 2, who knows a little something about this. We're going to talk to him about 3,000 3,000 male teenagers housed at our convention center before, I guess, they're released into the general population from the border. We do that in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. All right. If you're uh, ready to, 
if you are uh, uh, ready to save some money, really save some money, be fiscally responsible. I urge you to do it. The Fed just came out and said that they are, uh, for some reason, not going to be raising interest rates. Stu, does this make sense to you? They're saying that inflation is coming, but they don't want to raise interest rates over the next two years. Two years is a long time. It's a very you long time. Understand maybe coming out of this the pandemic, quarter. right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And but coming out of the pandemic mm. with all of this money washing in, you're going to have you're going to have uh, inflation. The job of the Fed, I've always been told, is to keep inflation under control. I don't know what they're doing, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I want you to get your financial house in order by looking at your mortgage and seeing. If you can refinance now, if you can refinance your mortgage and you're paying three or four or five, six, any any percentage, really only over three percent, you owe it to yourself to see how much money you can save by calling American financing without resetting the term of your loan. You could save hundreds of dollars a month. If you roll in, if you have big credit card bills, you're not going to pay them off if you're paying 15 16 up to 20 percent interest every single month you're never going to get behind uh, get up from under the uh, the pressure it's going to be there what you need to do is roll it in to your mortgage call american financing you could save up to a thousand dollars a month american financing 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 it's american financing Net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Dallas County Commissioner for District 2, J.J. Koch. He has been an active member of the Dallas County community for 18 years. He came to Dallas in uh, 2002 after graduating from uh, Duke. He has, he has been with law enforcement. He has... Um, he clerked for the law firm that that had the Dallas uh, Police Association as one of their uh, clients. Uh, he began his legal career in the Dallas County District Attorney's Office. Uh, when he went into private pa- practice, he was uh, with the Dallas uh, FOP. So he's a, a guy who likes law and order. At least that's what uh, that's what his resume would give me the impression uh i have not spoken to jj myself welcome to the program jj uh uh Coe. i'm sorry Koch. Thank you. Koch. It's yeah. okay glenn thank you for having me and uh you know it's it's great to be able to talk through these issues so i'm trying to understand here what is happening uh with the dallas convention center uh we've got three thousand males apparently could be st- started to be bussed in as of today. Uh, and these are all males that have come from uh, Mexico or someplace south of our border. And they have been caught at the border trying to come into our country illegally. And now, because we don't have space, I guess, uh, we're done flooding all of the communities at the border. We're bringing them to Dallas and putting them in the convention center. How's that process work? Not well. Um, and I think the first problem is that you're trying to understand it, right? There's no understanding this. This is not a policy. This is something based on emotions. This is Joe Biden from the top saying, hey, listen, we're going to feel good about how generous we are in America. We're going to let all these folks in. If you're an unaccompanied minor and you're at the border, you're coming in without any real policy or planning 
behind what the implications of that are. And we are seeing the implications um, in gross detail. They're being delivered to our doorstep here in Dallas County. But, you know, there on the border, you have the administration now trying to cover up and hide the mess that it's made. So when it comes to the mess that's being made here in Dallas County, I'm, I'm sure myself and great many others here in Dallas County are interested in saying, okay, what are we really doing here? And we're going to be asking for transparency. And so far, that's been shortcoming from the feds. So it's been shortcoming, really, from a lot of people. Um, we, we asked the city manager, uh, did, I mean, who did this? Who was involved in this? Uh, they're making it appear as though FEMA called the convention center themselves, and it was just between FEMA and the convention center. Nobody had to run this up the flagpole. Do you buy that, JJ? Um, I buy it in that technically that they can do it like that. Um, but you know, functionally as a matter of working with your partners and actually getting stuff done, you never ever do that. You don't blow past your County folks, your city folks, and you most certainly, most certainly do not blow past your partner at the state level. I mean, I don't care how acrimonious the relationship is between a governor's office and that of the presidency. If you are bringing in FEMA, this is an emergency. This yes. is something that we are saying is important. So if it is so important, you sure as heck better get it right by having all the people there at the table to make it work. And they're not interested in making it work. They got their feel-good sugar rush. We let the people in. We did the thing that all the liberals love. And you know what, Texas, you're just going to have to clean up after the mess. Well, let's not go to the federal level yet. I kind of want to stay at the uh, the local level here. Um, I... I find it just breathtaking that a city that was arresting literally hairdressers for keeping their business open during COVID is allowing uh, all of these illegals into the center of the city, into our convention center. We don't even know if they were tested. Apparently, those who are testing coming across our border have a high infection rate. Mexico, we know, is looking at a rate of 40 percent of the population infected and a city that was arresting hairdressers is bringing 3000 people into the convention center that let's just let's buy into the bullcrap that they've not been tested at all. Yeah, there's there's certainly a lack of justice and a lack of you know moral equivalency, if you will, really doing the moral things. Um, with every decision. But you know, to take a step back, you know, that, that contract, right? So the feds came and asked to use the K. Bailey Hutchinson Center. The K. Bailey Hutchinson Center, in, in many aspects of itself, is a private entity. It's owned by the city. It's owned by the city, but it acts as a private body. And it's a really firm reminder for those of us that are, you know, consider ourselves conservatives that governments are not to own things. You know, that needs to be entirely in the hands of a private entity, a convention center, a hotel room. So when things like this happen, you don't have the perversion of you know what it what should be a private thing for this public cause. Now clearly the folks, you know, the, the city manager, you know, those that were in the city administration, wink and a nod, of course, they were, you know, given the okay um, by those they care to listen to. And, you know, so that, that this type of thing is going to continue to happen unless we do a better job of you know, constantly bird dogging these issues when our local governments decide to to get in private ventures. Would the city have allowed a hotel to take a bunch of people that were possibly infected 
and say we're going to give them the whole whole the whole hotel and they've got it for three months and we're not sure if they can come and go but we're they're saying that not that they're not going to we don't know who's been tested and who isn't would our city have allowed in covid with all the restrictions that they've done would our city allow that if it was private i know for a fact the answer is no because they were pushing back against having the republican uh, national convention here for three days not 90 days uh, and they were doing everything they can to make sure to let folks know that if the convention had to be moved it was not going to come to dallas dallas was going to do everything they could to stop that from happening so you know the hypocrisy is just astounding so what are you doing at the county commissioner level what can be done ask questions make sure that we get the transparency i mean i you know this is you know merely a county commissioner seat but I represent, you know, well over 700,000 folks and they're going to get their answers. And I'm going to keep parsing for those answers. You know, what do we do with these folks? Where are they going to be after they're here? Who are they really? You know, what kind of testing regime are we going to have? You know, are they victims? Are they those that are going to victimize uh, those in our population? I want answers. And, and, you know, for the vast majority of folks in my district, they want answers as well. Well, we sure would uh, like them uh, as well. We seem to be getting um, the runaround between all of the city agencies and uh, the convention center. They're, the city is putting everything on the convention center, saying that they're handling this just as any other request from any other vendor. But I don't think other vendors say, can we rent it for three months? And, uh, and we're going to have all the people that are attending live there, shower there, eat there, go to the bathroom there. Uh, I don't think that's a usual contract, but... Apparently, apparently it is, according to the city and the convention center. Uh, do you know when these people are coming in to Dallas? When does this begin? It should be arriving within the week. Which is extremely disturbing because I don't think um, they have all the things they need stood up already. So, I mean, this is um, really snake bit from the onset. And I've got, you know, I think we all have a bad feeling about this. But I just think regarding logistics... Um, if, you know, I'm sure you've been around teenage boys. Um, mm. I don't want to be around 15 teenage boys, let alone 3,000. I mean, they're going to be searching. Yeah. I mean, just if we're talking about, you know, normal teenage kids, right? Let's just go under that assumption because, you know, maybe there's plenty of that there. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to be looking for alcohol. They're going to be looking, you know, for, for, for women. I mean, these what things is, are going to happen. What, what could possibly happen at a convention center, you know, if you're, not com- if you're not prepared for it? I mean, does anybody remember the debacle of New Orleans? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we've proven um, some pretty major failures within the city of Dallas when, you know, picking up folks or helping folks uh, that were coming uh, from the coast after hurricanes. So there had been temporary yes. um, you know, yes. replacements at the K. Billy Hutchins Center. But let's be clear, like that was very temporary. And usually it was, you know, a processing station. You know, you get people there, you get them, you know, their Red Cross um, funds, a couple other things. And then they were probably being shipped to hotels and other places once they got themselves, you know, set basically for what the next step would be the next couple of months. But they were there for five days in transit. There's um, not, not, this was not meant to be a detention center and, and it's not going to act as that. It's going to basically, you know, we'll have 3000 kids dumped there and, you know, maybe a thousand will be left after the 90 days. Are they going to be allowed just to come and go as they please? 
from what I understand, I think that may be the case. Oh my um, gosh! I, oh my yeah, gosh! Because we're we're not getting answers on the security piece. Um, you know, we're getting the assurances that it's not going to be a strain on DPD. Well, does that mean they're not you know barring the doors, if you will? Um, and you know, there's still a real question of whether or not everyone in this cohort is actually 15 to 17. I'm sure there's some people that are, sure. you know, the 20 year old that looks young and they're going to find themselves in Dallas and then, you know, up. And just as I'm just as I am sure that there are some really, really good kids in this, there are also really, really bad kids there. And we don't know, are they going to be tested for covid or not? Do you know? From what I I understand, they're not. I mean, they're studying privacy violations. And, well, we don't want to get too into their business when. But screw my privacy, uh, my privacy on covid. Yeah, That's there's a, a whole host of instances where the federal government stepped right in and said, no, 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 we need to know if you have COVID or not. All right. This is a tremendous double standard again. Tremendous hypocrisy. Thank you for, again, letting us know exactly who you are. It is quite amazing. Thank you so much. Um, we'll be following this, JJ. And if there's any information uh, that you can turn us on to, we sure like to, to hear it one way or another. I can't believe that the governor's office is not all up in arms on this uh and uh and stopping this i mean this is this is crazy saw the governor's press conference yesterday live the governor is not happy about this but um you know we're in a situation where the federal government is holding a lot of local governments and state governments hostage uh there are things they can do to make our lives much more difficult whether it's holding vaccine or dropping more folks within our cities sure so you know i'm I'm sure the governor probably has some pretty choice words to use but has to choose his words carefully uh, unless he wants to you know make it worse on the state of texas well i i would just i would just like to remind uh the governor and everyone involved in politics all across the country it is our policy that we do not negotiate with terrorists. And if you are holding a, con- a, com- a country or a state or a community hostage and forcing them to do something or you're going to do something terrible to them, no negotiation with you. You've already revealed that you are not an honorable person. This is reprehensible, reprehensible. Thank you so much, JJ. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You bet. So, uh, Goldline, do we have the gold? No, we don't. <laughs> Next week, uh, Goldline sent a gold bar, and they were like, this is a loner. Uh, and it's for something I'll show you next week. It is, how many pounds is that, Stu? It's worth $300,000. <laughs> it it's, was fun to hold. It's it definitely really heavy, very dense. Crazy, mm-hmm. crazy. Um, the financial institutions right now are out to win. And no matter how how many people average Americans are screwed and how many people they have to step over to get their way, they will get their way. Uh, And it doesn't look like a lot of change is coming in your favor soon. A four hundred billion dollar stimulus package went out in direct checks. Four hundred billion dollars. The rest of it, the government will spend. I, I, I don't even know what it'll actually do besides enrich really bad people the best part is it's a loan all this money is a loan from the fed oh okay okay your great grandkids are going to be paying this off we could be enslaved because of all of this money the u.s dollar is in serious trouble and that's why physical gold 
means something. It was amazing. $300,000 bar of gold. It was stamped on it. What was it? $1,266? When it was made, that's what was stamped yeah, yeah. on it. Something oh like that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, gold only goes up as the dollar goes down. They are directly tied to each other. Don't wait. Call Goldline now and see if gold or silver is right for you. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. So the uh, DOJ, I told you last hour, um, promoting and protecting the human rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer and intersex persons around the world. The secretary of defense priority number one, the priority of the DOJ now promoting and protecting the human rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer and intersex persons around the world. You know, I just maybe call me old fashioned, but I always thought the Pentagon's number one priority was to fight and win wars. (laughs) That's uh, okay, yeah. boomer. Okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, back there was a time. Yeah, well, sure, sure. way back sure. in the day where the military was trying to defend the homeland. And, yeah, and and win wars, but yeah. that's long gone. For, for, we 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 already, in fact, even in the distant past, you can still remember when it changed to making sure Muslims felt confident about their math skills. That is that even an old priority. Yeah, now. it is. We've now yeah. moved on to new, yeah. new and exciting, new and exciting things. things. Well, we didn't want to. We didn't want to classify a whole group of people as terrorists, no. right? You didn't want to do that. You wanted to make sure you were very, very specific. Those old timey days—they're not oh, coming back. Those are long gone. Those are long gone. Because apparently, we know who a violent, uh, homegrown terrorist is. Wait until tomorrow. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read something that's from NPR that will boggle your mind directly comparing isis members to trump supporters i mean it's it's obscene what's going on and uh don't think our enemies aren't noticing more in just a second oh by the way don lemon says he knows what christ really looked like and he was black so Don Lemon's idea, uh, theology is a, the Church of Don is an interesting place to be. Not really. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Melanie lives in Georgia. She writes in about her dog's experience with uh, uh, Rough Greens. It's Hustler. Well, Rough Greens had her dog out there pooping and watering the lawn, and it was a beautiful, beautiful lawn, and then somebody had to come and mow it. Mm. That's where Hustler Turf comes in. Wow. Mowing your lawn is kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, Even if you have a riding lawnmower, you're out in the heat, which seems like hours. How about if we cut that time in half? In half. We can do it with a Hustler Turf zero-turn lawnmower. Now, these are the people that invented the zero-turn, you know, before everybody's like, oh, there's this newfangled thing called zero-turn. Really? They've been doing it since, like, 1960. They are the ones that pioneered it. They're the ones that have built these things for some of the biggest lawns in the world, uh, like the ones that are in between our highways. Before you buy a mower, do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. 
Go out and look at all the best uh, lawnmowers out there. Then find yourself a Hustler dealer and go test drive one. You will see the difference. HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. And you can watch this radio show every day on Blaze TV. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off that subscription to Blaze TV. Continuing our theme on the uh, border, we have somebody that is going to give us a lot of stats on what's really going on um, on the border, but I would love to have him back again. He is currently the president of the Center for American Restoration, but he was the former director of office and management and budget. He was involved in a few things. Uh, He had a big hand in helping Trump slow down the uh, disbursement of hurricane aid to Puerto Rico when there were all those problems. Uh, he also was the guy who, uh, held up the aid to Ukraine where everybody said it was so bad. Turns out, mm, no, the president was right, uh, to do that. He is also the guy who helped find the money to build the border wall as, uh, the, uh, director of office and management and budget. Oh, and the last thing he's known for is he's the guy that Biden's People said we're obstructing uh, his team from knowing anything uh, on the transition. And he wrote and he said, I'm giving you everything that I can give you. My office is working with your office, but I'm not going to help you destroy everything that we've worked for. So you're going to have to wait until the inauguration on that. His name is Russ Vote, and he joins us now. Hi, Russ. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. You bet, man. I've got so many questions, but I know we want to, because of our limited time, I want to focus on the border. Um, First of all, there is a a compelling story um, out of Cochise County uh, where the the sheriff there is saying this is an absolute nightmare. They were building the fence. And then as soon as Biden got in, they stopped construction. So all the roads that were built for construction are all now being used by drug cartels and nobody's doing anything about it. And they've made the problem much, much worse by stopping the construction. It is a complete mess. This administration has taken an ideological approach in which they have refused to account for all the steps that we put in place to be able to control the border after dealing with our own surges. It was the border. It was the remain in Mexico. It was the uh, changes to asylum. And all of these things were done uh, to deal with the imperfect nature of current law. And they have wiped those away. And now they have a massive problem on their hands. One of the main aspects is the border. And it it has made no sense. During the Obama years, the border was always a problem. And we were always getting these groups uh, that were, you know, marching people up. Uh, Trump had one group start to march up, but he dismantled that can you go into were you part of that did you help turn those people around those what was it three or four thousand people that were marching to the border and he helped he turned them around were you part of that uh it was a team effort my responsibilities were mainly to help with getting the resources for the wall helping them to get some of the rules done that were needed to change the policies that were in place but you're right glenn the president dealt with similar surges um, that were coming from the Central American countries, and he was able to put policies in place that dealt with them. 
Um, there, this is not rocket science, and particularly because we demonstrated over the last four years how to do it. What you can't do is then say to the entire world with a neon light, come to this country mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, we won't arrest you. It would be like me saying and putting out a public service announcement that says, I'm going on vacation and my house is unlocked, but don't come to my house and steal anything. I heard NPR today um, say that uh, Joe Biden is giving five billion dollars to these uh, countries south of the border. Uh, and uh, Trump's policy was he would deal with anything, just uh, keep your people from coming up here. And so he was giving money to the shadiest dictators and everything else down there where where Biden, he's going to spend the money honorably. Can you tell me how the president, President Trump, was giving money to dictators and didn't care where that money went? Yeah, no, he actually put a hold on uh, a lot of foreign policy that he felt had some serious issues, whether that was Pakistan, whether that was funding in Gaza. Uh, And that was one of the things that we took quite a bit of heat on from uh, the Hill and the media is because we said, look, we're going to pause it. And these are wide open accounts, unlike the current funding for the wall, uh, where there's not a lot of flexibility for the administration in foreign aid. You have quite a bit of flexibility. And so we put pauses on that funding to figure out where what's a better use of the money. With regard to Central America, we put a pause on it and said, look, we're not going to give you this money unless you uh, deal with the fact that you're sending huge swaths of your people north to our border. That's And that's what caused it uh, to be able to negotiate uh, uh, agreements with, with those three countries in particular, and then to get uh, Mexico to start enforcing their southern border and, and the, the threat of tariffs also helped with that matter. I want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, the beds and the room for all of these um, um, illegals. Um, when when uh, President Obama was in office, I went down to the border. I was the first person to talk about these cages that they were keeping children in. And I thought it was wrong. I talked about it. No, one. I called Chuck Todd myself and said, look, this is what's going on in the border. It's a huge problem. And and children are being separated and just put in cages. They didn't care. Then Trump got in and it was a big deal. Now they're saying, no, those cages have been removed. Those cages don't even exist anymore. Uh, we've got them in in really nice trailers now. But they're going to places like our convention center here in Dallas. Can you tell me the real situation on the ground? Do you have any idea? Yeah, so the, the process is, is this. When they come across the border, they're only, the kids are only allowed to be in these uh, in custom border patrol facilities for about 72 hours. So they have that shot clock that they're dealing with. But then they are transferred uh, to HHS and, uh, the, in, in terms of uh, unaccompanied alien children, and that's what you're seeing the uh, rush to be able to figure out how to scale up with with those uh, uh, that in those those sets of individuals to be able to make sure that they uh, can uh, live while the HHS goes and tries to find a sponsor for them. And of course, you know there is significant uh, things that we do. We don't make that we make it comfortable for them. So the American taxpayer uh, makes it so that those those kids. Uh, once they're out of the, the Customs and Border t- Facility uh, uh, stations, 
sometimes it's trailers, sometimes it's uh, retrofitting uh, an arena, but we, that's when the federal government steps in to try to scale up uh, the way station while we look for, for sponsors, and it can be you know, pretty costly. Um, and it's something that you don't have resources for in the moment when you have a surge come across. It's much more of something that needs to scale uh, over time, because if, if you're not dealing with a, a, a you know a, a hard uh, facility, you're all, you're dealing with tent cities. So, what do we have coming our way? I mean, we're already in the convention center business, and I'm not seeing this administration do anything to discourage. They're saying, "Don't come yet, don't come right now, uh, come later." Um, but I'm not seeing anything that is discouraging people or or you know. Uh, hurting the drug cartels business at all if they continue down this road what are we facing i think we're going to see more of the same glenn i don't i i don't think you know real change requires real change and uh, they have an ideological problem it's not just that they don't like the policies that we put in place to deal with but they believe that everyone should be able to come to this country and they have a built-in view that it's all as a result of fleeing persecution and violence and that's not always the case and when it is the case it doesn't mean that there isn't better solutions on your way to america that america doesn't have to be the final destination for everyone in this world and those the combination of those two worldview issues on a policy and from a from the theory is going to make it very hard for them to get a handle on this. And so my concern is that um, they're going to need resources at some point to pay for these beds, to pay for these facilities. They're going to come calling to Congress. And at that point, my hope is that the slim majorities in the house and the Senate allow us to change policy to make it so that uh, we can get a handle on the border, even if they don't want to. Well, you've got a group of people that want to abolish ICE. What happens if they abolish ICE? What, what does that even mean to the average American? It, it, it's, it's another example of how far left and extreme their views are. Um, and, you know, if, if they're coming calling to Congress for, for resources and the, the AOC contingency, the, the quad is saying, look, we're not going to give them another dollar. Uh, hopefully that gives uh, Republicans a little bit of leverage to say, well, you're going to change our our border policies so that we don't have these magnets in current law that attract uh, illegal aliens from across the country, across the world. As a guy who was the director of the OMB and that job, if I'm not mistaken, is to implement, find the money and find the way to implement the policies that the president wants. It's a very powerful office. And as we have seen really uh, over the years, especially with Obama, once you institutionalize stuff, it's hard to claw it out. Um, I don't think Donald Trump institution. I don't think he got it. He was fighting so many fires. I don't think he had time or got it fully until maybe the maybe until the uh, the stuff with uh, Ukraine. But as a guy who sat there and watched all this when they were coming in. What was the, what is the thing that worries you the most about the changes or the the switches that they are flipping? Yeah, they have a capacity to move with such speed and energy because the media doesn't report on anything that they're doing and they don't get the leaks from their own staff that many of us face. For those of us who had to live in a fishbowl, 
Uh, that's the job we signed up for. We're happy to do it. But it is it is much harder to control the the message and, and, and to move forward and to get a hold of your agencies. Uh, it took me about three years to really uh, figure out all of the uh, the tools that in my toolbox to, to be able to maneuver and to accomplish the president's agenda. So, you know, the things that I'm most, they don't, so they were able to move very quickly once they came in. But the things that I'm most worried about is their ideological uh, disposition to put equity and critical race theory mm. in as part of every single decision they make. And so they can use a place like OMB, which is involved in everything, to say, we're going to deal with equity and we're going to deal with climate, two uh, so-called emergencies that, in my view, do not exist, uh, and use that agency to um, push it out for, on every policy that the federal yeah. government is involved with. We have something um, that we... Um that we that happened to us this week that we've been doing investigations along those lines and we're going to be revealing it next week but it is they are moving at lightning speed and it is terrifying uh if people don't understand what's really going on russ i want to thank you so much for your service i hope i i I know you're with the the american restoration center that i'd have you on again and and we can talk about that um but thank you so much for everything you're doing and have done in the past i i gotta believe in some ways, it probably was the best times of your life, but also just total and complete hell. It was a full-on blast. I love working for the president. I appreciate you getting our backs when, when it was necessary. Thanks for having me on. Thank Glenn. you. I appreciate it, Russ. Thanks. So how long have you had your current mobile service? Are you one of those people who have bounced around uh, from seemingly good deal to seemingly good deal? One carrier to the next, only to find out that you're still paying through the nose no matter where you land. Or are you the type of the person that's been with the company since forever ago, despite the fact that you also are paying through the nose? All of this is to say... That if you're one, if you're with one of the big mobile companies... You're likely not only paying way too much, but you also are funding leftist causes like Planned Parenthood while you're at it. If we're going to change the country, we have to put our money where our mouth is. And the left has done this for a very long time. Can you imagine if everyone today canceled within the sound of my voice, canceled their Verizon or their their big mobile company? and switched over to Patriot Mobile, do you know what an earthquake that would be? Do you know how these companies would respond? We never do this. It's time. This month, get free premiere activation where they set up the phone for you. You'll get a special gift with the offer code BECK. Same service, lower price, and the values you believe in. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash BECK. That's PatriotMobile.com slash BECK. Or call 972-PATRIOT. I think there's no question that uh, some of the damaging rhetoric uh, that we saw... uh, during the prior administration, totally. uh, blaming, uh, you know, calling COVID, uh, you know, the Wuhan virus or mm-hmm. other things, mm-hmm. um, uh, led, to, um, led to, you know, um, perceptions of perceptions. the Asian American community that are right. inaccurate, unfair, mm. uh, have uh, raised. Um, 
you know, threatening, uh, have, has elevated threats against uh, Asian Americans. And we're seeing that uh, around the country. That's why even before the events of horrific events of last night, he felt it was important to raise this issue, elevate it during his first primetime sure. address, why he signed the executive order uh, earlier in his presidency. And he will continue to look for ways to elevate and talk about this issue. Okay, great. Uh, You know, it's funny. We've gone through all the details on the Asian-American crime surge that really doesn't show any evidence whatsoever of white supremacy uh, at all across the country. But we are getting some really good updates to this storyline new from uh, The Root today, uh, an online publication, uh, a story. Whiteness is a pandemic. Whiteness is a pandemic. Whiteness is a public health crisis. It shortens life expectancies. It pollutes air. It constricts equilibrium, which I I can't tell you how many times I walk around town and and constrict someone's equilibrium. It's basically my hobby. Uh, It is an unbelievable piece that if written about any other group of people would be the biggest story in America. But let me give the end of it. White supremacy is a virus like other viruses will not die until there are no bodies left for it to infect which means the only way to stop it is to locate it, isolate it, extract it, and kill it. Imagine substituting a different color for white in a story like this. Brand new Studios America tonight. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Check it out on YouTube. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Glenn Beck Program.